0: For years, many doctors have used narcotics to get a patient's pain way down after an operation. Now that approach is changing. Our topic today is opioid sparing surgery. Welcome to our Health Track Podcast. I'm Aileen Ellis, and we're here today with Dr. Wasik Ashraf, an orthopedic surgeon at Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital. Welcome, Dr. Ashraf. Thank you for having me. Let's begin with what is opioid
1: sparing surgery? So as surgeons, we kind of look at what's happened over the last 10 years and why opioids have kind of made the headlines over the whole world, but specifically the U.S. You know, opioids are things that we use for pain relief. And this is something that we looked at 15 years ago as a vital sign, meaning when someone comes into, say, the ER or the hospital, we check their pulses, we check their heart rate. We also asked, hey, how is your pain? And if the pain number was high, we treated their pain with some type of pain medication. But what we realized that this has led to some really unforeseen or really non-appetizing side effects, which is a lot of younger patients being hooked on heroin and long-term opioids because they were introduced to pain medication at a younger age. And due to this opioid dependence epidemic that we have seen over the last 15 years and we still see, opioid-sparing surgery is a multi-pronged approach to decrease exposure for opioids as it relates to pain before, during, or after a surgical procedure.
0: Let's talk a little bit about before. It's my understanding that several days before surgery, you can begin a treatment to cut down on inflammation and to become more
1: comfortable? Yes. So, you know, the preoperative state or before surgery, I think it's a very important stage. I think one important thing that we have seen is to have a really direct conversation with our patients and say, hey, listen, let's take a couple of minutes and talk about how we're going to Approach your anticipated pain that you're going to have from surgery. As an orthopedic surgeon, you know, when we look at who are the largest providers of opioids in the country in 2016 and on, it was orthopedic surgeons were the third largest prescribers of opioids. Unfortunately, we do surgeries that hurt replacements, rotator cuff repairs. And and so what we have to do preoperatively or before surgery is to have a candid conversation and set the expectations with our patients. And I think that's where the opioid sparing approach starts. It's just that initial conversation and say, hey, listen, it's going to hurt, but we're going to get through this. And then also, as you mentioned, some things that we could do, we could start with some therapy activate the muscles exercises before surgery we can use some anti-inflammatories we can also approach this with nutrition what we have found is that if we provide the proper nutrition proper protein prior to surgery that patients actually have less pain and the best way that I describe this to patients is imagine filling up your tank prior for a long drive you're going to have a long recovery but let's fill you up, get you stronger before surgery, so you need less opioids after surgery.
0: Now once surgery is ready and we're headed into the operating room, I think now it's not as usual to have general anesthesia?
1: Yes, so there's different types of anesthesia and we've looked at kind of a multimodal approach, multiple ways of attacking the pain. One is even before anesthesia is started, we give our patients a little bit of steroids, a little bit of nerve medication, and a long-acting anti-inflammatory prior to surgery. And then when it comes down to the surgery, depending on the type of surgery, we can usually do a block, which is a needle that can cause numbness or tingling or pain relief down the extremity where the surgery is happening. We use this very commonly in hip and knee replacements. For shoulder replacements, before surgery, we do a block that puts the arm to sleep and then the patient gets general anesthesia. So what all this does is that, so when the patient wakes up from surgery, the pain is almost none because the block is taking care of that. And that's something that we do and we try to do for all our extremity surgeries.
0: And what about if the patient does complain about pain after surgery? I know usually they ask if, is it the one or 10? And I have a, a relative who would always say 10. But you guys have changed that a little bit in terms of looking at not just what the patient says is an indicator, but also blood and blood pressure and pulse and other indications of how much the
1: patient is actually hurting? That's a difficult question to answer because at the end of the day, I can't feel someone's pain. And I think how we got into this epidemic with opioids is we got stuck with the numbers that the pain's a 10 out of 10. We're going to get it down to a four. And I have patients that I walk into the room, they're sleeping, snoring comfortably. When I ask how much the pain is, it'll be a 10 out of 10. And it's very hard to judge. And so the way we do this is we gather multiple information. We see the blood pressure. We see the vitals. We see the pulse. We talk to the patient. We see feedback from the physical therapists, the nurses. And, you know, there's absolutely some amount of pain that people are going to have after But what's important is even during surgery, we inject long-acting numbing medication into the wound, which will keep working for almost five days. And the idea is that if you can get the pain at a reasonable level over the first three days where the big spike of pain happens, then the patient really won't need much narcotics. But if someone has breakthrough pain, instead of giving high-dose oxycodone or OxyContin, the strong stuff, we prefer to give more like Tramadol, Ultraset, which are the smaller, less sedating pain medication. Because if you get the big stuff, that could lead to opioid-related adverse side effects.
0: And what are those side effects? I know that it can cause quite a few besides addiction.
1: Sure. So the side effects that we normally see is decrease in blood pressure is one, decrease in oxygenation. They're just not breathing because opioids, one thing it does, it's a respiratory suppressant. They just don't breathe, which leads to decreased oxygenation. The other things that say you had a joint replacement, one of the things we want to do after a joint replacement is get you up and moving. And so if you're really drowsy from an opioid medication, you're not moving as much in therapy which leads to a delayed healing of your surgery and also an increased rate of falls because of the opioids. Other Hmm. systemic side effects of opioids, unfortunately, are nausea, vomiting, GI issues. But the biggest thing that we see, especially in an elderly population, is increased risk of falls as well as overall mentation, just not remembering where they are and having little mental side effects from the opioids.
0: So could you put this in perspective for me now that you all are trying this and many other doctors are too, how many of your patients, I guess from a percentage standpoint, really need these mega doses of opioids now compared to in the past?
1: So I would say, you know, we looked at the study at St. Luke's Hospital where we practice opioid sparing surgery at St. Luke's and Montefiore, and we did a study and looked at our own data of opioid usage after total knee, hip, and shoulder replacement when we started this program, and we're finding that a decrease of 75% decrease in the need for opioids. This includes the type of opioids and the quantity of opioids. Personally, in the office also, we are more careful in looking at how patients are getting their pain medication, why they need the pain medication. And so I think overall, we're almost down 80% in most orthopedic subspecialties in the amount of opioids given compared to 10 years ago.
0: And in general, does that also mean that patients are going home sooner because they're not as drugged?
1: Yes. And that's multifactorial. When I first got out of residency, patients after a total knee would stay in the hospital for five days, four days, and now we do same day total knee replacement. And I think that comes with, again, counseling the patient preoperatively, setting expectations. Number two, preoperative medications during surgery medication and postoperative early mobilization, because they're not as drugged, they're not as drowsy, they're able to do more in therapy. And so with these kind of factors all playing in together. We're able to get the patient out of the hospital faster, decrease the risk of in-hospital complications, and on to recovery faster.
0: Of course, we're not saying that you're sending the patient home with nothing. They can still take other medications like Tylenol, for example, if they're in pain.
1: Absolutely, and that's a great thought, is that patients say, okay, what do I do if I'm in pain? There's always pain medication for breakthrough pain, and there's always Motrin, Aleve, or Tylenol, depending on medical issues or whatnot. We talk about how early mobilization actually helps with pain, ice helps with pain. We have a physical therapist working with the patient right away. But as far as an opioid is concerned, there is a breakthrough medication that we give just in case a patient has pain that unfortunately is not being met with the stuff that we've already done.
0: Well, thank you very much. This is a very optimistic change, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, we're very excited about this at St. Luke's Hospital. And this is something that, again, we are doing not just for our patients here, but overall across the U.S. And the idea is to be able to do these surgeries, take care of our patients without causing them any harm or any addiction.
0: Thank you. Dr. Wasik Ashraf is an orthopedic surgeon at Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital. I'm Aileen Ellis. Thanks for listening to this episode of our Health Track podcast. Head on over to our website at montefioresic.org to get connected to one of our providers. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. Be sure to check back in soon for the next podcast. Thank you for listening.